welcome to Heart Point, a one-on-one actual play RPG podcast. I think I finally got the intro right. I am your friend and editor, Zach, and this is volume three of the best of Heart Points. This episode covers the first half of the Blood Gold campaign. Um, it's really amazing listening back to these, how much better our production quality got between the Segaranta season and the Blood Gold season. So... I hope you enjoy the first half of Blood Bolt. My name is Sedin Ra. I am the great bard, the high herald of heroes, and the dire eulogist of the daring. I love to tell stories. Stories of conflict and of bravery, of monsters that lurk in the cold and the warm blood that they spill. Stories of heroes whose eyes burn bright with passion to stand against the darkness. In these tales is where I live. And this story is one of my favorites. It is not particularly vast in scope. I cannot promise that it changed the world for any good or ill. No primordial evil is challenged. No holy good is upheld. But it is the story of heroes. Heroes who have sworn an oath to their task, no matter that it is a small thing against the long and distant dark. It is a story of people who have already lost much, but have one chance to save one life. It is a tapestry woven lovingly, and I give it a place of honor among the tales of the demigods who slay liches, the armies of paladins standing against demon hordes, and the princesses who summon gods. Among them all, this story is one of my favorites. I call it Blood Gold. already made the rose she's already plowed the rose she the rose have been done okay so she's just going by and like but doing the seeds okay do you um, do you have to grow potatoes outside of the sun you store them outside of the sun but that's because they grow in the ground do you have the whole plant doesn't grow in the ground though no i know that but like do they need a lot of shade you know some plants need a lot of shade like they're supposed to have shade no Yes. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. Like, uh, mushrooms sorry. aren't supposed to just grow in full sunlight all the time. Yeah. I got... But mushrooms are also not plants. They're fungus. They get energy differently okay, than plants Okay. All right. Do. All right. All right, Mr. Smarty Pants. I don't know. You eat you eat mushrooms. You also eat potatoes. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, anyway, she's growing potatoes well, and beets. Mushrooms eat like an animal eats. I know. Sort of. They eat poop. And decaying matter. Yeah. I'm trying to think. 
I'm trying to I remember. I think potatoes are grown in rows under the sun. Do potatoes have seeds or are they bulbs? She plants potato sproutlings. Okay. All right. She plants potato sproutlings. Oh. Also, are they annuals or per, per, per annuals? Do you have to plant them every year? Do the plants just grow? You're the one playing the farmer. I should, you should have, have looked this up. You should up. have done research. I should have done research. Don't here's, do it now. Oh, here's the thing. Marin knows what, how to plant potatoes, mm. so she plants them. Okay. She is planting potatoes. I imagine... Okay, hold on. No, I'm figuring this out. The potato is like the bulb. It's like the root. You plant old potatoes because that's why sometimes potatoes grow sprouts in your cabinet. Hold on. So you just plant... You, you have like starter potatoes for next year's harvest. Yes. Sure. Okay. So you dig straight, shallow trenches <laughs> two to three feet apart in prepared soil and you seed, you plant seed potatoes. So you are right. You would have like bulb of potato mm-hmm. t- that you would put into the ground. Also, none of this matters because they're fantasy potatoes they and they, they work however we want them to work. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> So I think there's something else that is stressing you out today as well. And that is the fact that off in the distance, beyond the forest that surrounds Sabincott Village, is a large mountain range called the Andite Mountain Range. And it has been on fire for three days now. There is smoke billowing up from the tops of the mountain peaks. And it's off in the distance, but you can see the... the black acrid smoke just billowing into the sky and the andite mountain range is is far away it's like a five days trek but this is a mountain range that you know very well because it is where your partner Ephesa lost her life and it is where you know that a great golden worm named Aurelirion lives with her hive and it's been burning this is the third day a few nights ago you saw in the middle of the night, the whole range was glowing with fire. And it's a constant reminder to you of what happened to Ephesa and what happened between you and this great worm. I think we I think we see Mary like plant a potato and like look up at the horizon as she's like wiping her brow. Mm-hmm. And this with a red bandana. Does she have the, where? Where does she keep the? Oh, she's she's dabbing her brow with the yeah. bandana. Do you? Oh wait, did was it red? Can it be red? Yeah, it can be red. Okay. Do you think about? Yeah. This or do you like try to push it down? Oh, you mean do I allow it to be in my brain? Yeah. Oh, like you can't help but it. Like it's intrusive. It, right. But do you dwell on it? Do you reflect on it, or do you just try to push it down? I was trying to think if I would do something surprising, but I don't think I do. I push it down. Like, I don't think Marin has ever given herself the time to truly grieve for her partner. And I don't think Marin sees the point in thinking about it now when so many years have passed. So the thought comes. She notices it. She gets really angry with herself and the situation. And now she starts slamming potatoes into the ground. But she's not allowing herself to really dwell on it. Yeah. So anytime that you take an ex- that that I feel like you take an extra step in narration mm-hmm. to depict a whimsical, magical, or heartwarming world, I will give you a wonder point, which can be turned Use- in for things like HP. 
Um, I'm actually going to give you a wonder point for your earlier depiction of uh, Marin um, working in her kitchen. Mm. Uh, I thought that was pretty heartwarming. Oh, thank you. But anytime you take, anytime you go the extra mile to depict a magical, whimsical world, I will give you a wonder point. So, Diana, what kind of weird, magical animals does Marin maybe have to avoid in the woods? <laughs> you thought that would work, but it won't. So, <laughs> so rabbit holes. She has to avoid rabbit holes. <laughs> um, I think there's like a herd of magic deer because I think they are they hang out in pine forests, right? I'm in Pennsylvania, right? Like. There's like pine trees. What makes these deer magical? I don't know. See, that's the thing. I feel like any animal that I could try to magic these deers into already exists. Like I was, I was like, well, maybe they've got like maybe they're taller and skinnier. That's a gazelle. Like, <laughs> or, or maybe they got horns. That's an antelope. Like they're they already exist. <laughs> these weird things. They can't, I can't make them tiny because those exist. <laughs> Like, I mean, I mean, they're like weird colors. I don't want to add eyes or feet. Like, that's so cheap. So, okay. It doesn't need to be otherworldly. It just needs to be, you know, it just needs to, like, here's the thing. If I was walking through the woods and I was like, oh, look at this beautiful herd of deer, I might describe that as whimsical or magical. So it doesn't need to be, like, crazy. It just yeah. needs to be something. I know. Let me let me do All it. Right, my, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me do it my own way. I'm sorry. Way. You're doing great. Uh, You're doing great. I love you. Okay. Deer. <laughs> so I avoided holes for rabbits. And, right? Rabbits make holes. They don't make... Yeah, they have warns. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well done. Yeah. Foxes also have holes, right? Foxes do have holes. Okay. I was just, I'm not adding foxes, but rabbit holes we've avoided. There was like deer grazing mm-hmm. and like there are bucks among these deer and I'm bringing a fucking antelope with me. An angry, ornery. Yes. And there's bucks with these. So that was like a whole situation that I had to make sure was clear. Yeah. I do think like, like Osmer gets in a stare down with this big buck and you have to like pull Osmer away. Yep. It's like, like not no. a not a good situation, bud. If you got things on you. I will give you a wonder point. And for this. this this buck is trying to catch the eye of all these ladies here. Mm-hmm. Not gonna go well for you. Okay, so I know all of this back story. I have all this back history. I see these two. I've said this mean thing. This like hurtful. Like you guys are idiots. I said this hurtful thing, mm-hmm. and I kind of look at them. And I know the one was starting to say something. And I'm like, what? Like, very exasperated. Like, where are you going? Uh, The red brood, uh, Kobold, looks at you. um, And she she kind of, like, is sort of ignoring you as she's, like, sifting. Oh, I actually think she's checking a pouch by her side. And she's, like, talking into the pouch and, like, touching it. Um, And then when she's, like, satisfied, she looks back up. um, And she goes... Thank you for helping us. We are on our way to Sabincott. Do you know the way? Please point us in the right direction and we will be out of your way. And I roll my eyes and I go, you are never going to make it on your own. You couldn't even make it through the woods. I live in Sabincott. Follow me. And I go, I don't, I don't care if they follow me. I, but I make, I'm extend, this is my olive branch. Mm-hmm. This is my helping hand that I extend. I don't care if they follow me. 
or I appear to not care if they follow me. Um, and I go over to Osmer, who is still there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, Osmer's still there. I go over to Osmer, try and try to get Osmer to walk with me. Mm-hmm. Do I succeed? Uh, yeah, just, yeah. Okay, just maybe he's being a little stubborn about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I d- these kobolds can follow me. I don't really care. I'm starting to move. Yeah, the, they start like rummaging through the ruins of their camp like as quickly as they can. And you hear them like talking to one another like, oh, no, we don't need that. Sorrel, just leave that. It, we don't need it. And Sorrel going, no, I, I want, come, hold on. This could be useful. We could probably, no, I need this. Okay. And they start like, s- like sifting through everything really quickly. So... I'm assuming we're in like a, I, not assuming we're in a small clearing mm-hmm. where they made their camp. So I get, I move past them and I, I stop and I wait in the, the tree line of the direction that we need to go in. Like they can see that I've stopped and waited for them, Yeah. but I'm very clearly irritated and I tried to move them along by moving through the clearing, but I'm waiting for them. Okay. Uh, and after a minute, um, they come jogging up with like their, their, the, the meager things that they have. And the one with the makeshift sword says, um, I'm Sorel. Nice to meet you. Thanks again. You're a really good fighter. That was, that was really, thank you for saving us. So I didn't think I, I don't think I turn around. <laughs> I think that, sh- I think that Sorel is saying that to my back. And I think I just, mm-hmm. an acknowledgement and keep moving because I'm irritated. Mm-hmm. I'll acknowledge it at some point. Uh, the other one kind of jogs up to catch up to you. And she goes, uh, you know the way to Sabincott? Well, I did just tell you that I'm from Sabincott. You, oh, you, yeah, right. Yes, correct. I'm sorry. You live in Sabincott. Then you might know who we're looking for. Sorel and I are looking for a great wyvern slayer named Marin Ghosts. Do you know them? And Akraya... And Sorrel turn and look at you, and you can kind of see Akraya put it together. Mm-hmm. And Akraya goes, oh, no. <laughs> Marin goes, I don't think we've been properly introduced. My name is Marin. How may I help you? <laughs> and Sorrel is like, you're Marin, ghost? You're Marin, the Wyvern Slayer? I just tilt my head. No, actually, I don't. After I said that, I already started walking over to Osmer and started getting ready for Osmer to start walking. Like, I know, like, they're following me now. There's no question about it. So, like, they can ask their questions on my journey. I want to go home. Yeah. Akraya kind of rushes up to you and goes, um, n- no offense, but you're Marin Ghost. You're Marin Ghost? Yeah, I'm Marin Ghost. Aren't you a little, um... I apologize. I don't know human years very well. You're a wyvern slayer? So Marin knows exactly what's about what's happening here. This kobold thinks I'm too old and is getting like is just giving her that look that's like, yes, please say say the sentence that I know you want to say. Please say it. You know what I'm do you know mm-hmm. that look? It's not like I'm mad at you, but I'm just like, please say this. I want to see what happens. Head slightly tilted, eyes a little bit squinted. It's like, please. Please say the sentence. <laughs> so that's how she looks, mm-hmm. just for clarification. I am not a wyvern slayer. I'm a farmer, but I was a wyvern slayer. And my name is Marin Ghost. Well, then there must be some mistake. Is there another wyvern slayer in Sabincott? No. 
So uh, they sit down and the, the three of you are, are eating. So again, what is that favor that you needed? As uh, I'm putting like the last bit of bread in my mouth. Akraya like puts her, the, the, her bread plate in her lap. Um, and she goes, 12 years ago, you were hired to take care of a green wyvern that had accosted the town of Halcaster. Do you remember this? Yes. You followed the wyvern to the Andite Mountains and found its lair in a gold dragon's hive. It had burrowed into the hive and slain the town of kobolds living there to begin its own horde. You were badly hurt, and the gold dragon there took you in to mend your wounds and help you drive the green wyvern out. Do you remember all of this? It's a bit hard to forget. Our Lyrian, that gold dragon, uh, is dead. Is that why the mountain's on fire? Akraya and Sorel look at each other, and then Akraya looks back to you and goes, Yes. A little over a week ago, a red worm and two wyverns and her hive attacked our hive and slew our Illyrian. The two of us are the only two that escaped. I'm sorry to hear that. But we have something that is of the utmost importance. Okay. Uh, and she leans into that travel pack. Okay. Uh, and she like digs in with two hands and pulls out a very large egg. I knew it was going to be an egg. Okay. Um, and it is like 14 inches tall. Is that a magic pack? No, it's just like a big... It's it, like, it's it's like a, okay. Um, it's, it's like a messenger bag. Okay, okay. It's like this egg is like 14 inches tall. It's very wide. And it is this beautiful like ivory with like this golden sort of sheen to it. Okay. And Akra goes, hello. And the egg kind of like wobbles a little bit. Oh. And she turns to you and goes, our Illyrian had another hive long before she came to the Andite Mountains. We need to take this egg to her old hive. And you need me because you will die along the way? Our Illyrian told us that you would help us get not all the way to the mountain, not all the way to our Illyrian's old hive, but just so far as to an ally of our Illyrian who will take us the rest of the way. And where is this ally? They are a silver dragon named Bath Inildrion. They are on the island of Pongip to the north. And behind it on the table is this spider, maybe about the size of, it's a pretty big spider, um, like full like leg span. It's probably about the size of like a nickel. Okay. Um, it's a, it's a little kind of jumping spider and it kind of raises up its two front legs and kind of does like a little dance a little bit. Like, uh, like if you've ever seen like spiders do kind of like their, um, like threatening or like mating, like little dances things. Like it, I have obviously never seen these things. <laughs> But I believe you that they do this. Yeah, it, so it raises up its front legs and it kind of like does this little like shaking motion to kind of get your attention almost. And it's kind of just like waving its arms in the air. I don't move immediately, but the two tin two tin bowls are in my hand. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, I keep them in my hand. I keep like a bowl in my hand, ready to cup it if I needed to, like trap it on the table. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I don't think I move right away. And it's still just doing that? It's yeah. looking at me mm-hmm. like time passes? Yeah. Ah, oh, all right. I cup it. I put the tin, tin cup above it. I like trap it. Okay. Would I have paper? No, but I would have like a knife or something. Something I can slide underneath it. Like a plate? Yeah. So I do that and I, I take it outside. I don't squish it. I'm just going to take it outside. Okay. Yeah. Release it out into the wild. Yeah. Do you just drop it on the porch? Not on my porch. Why would... It, it'll just come back into my house. I put it on the grass in front of my porch. Okay. When you put it down in the grass, it's like facing away from you. And then it kind of like scuttles and turns around to face you. Mm-hmm. And then it lifts its front two legs up and it just kind of like... Dances this, again? Yeah, it does this little like... Little dance. So this thing had the opportunity to run away from me and then... It turned around and looked at me and did this dance. Yes. Marin's a little superstitious. I did say that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So I think Marin takes like a step back and like starts talking to it. It's just like, what are you doing? It just kind of does that little shaky with its little its little arms. It's, it's got these it's got these big it's got these big center eyes that are like kind of glistening, like blackish reddish. It's just kind of like Shaking a little bit, these little mandibles you can see are kind of like going, and then all of a sudden you hear, "Marin, Marin, I found, I found your pig, I found your pig," and uh, Sorel like is trying to have your pig in a headlock, um, <laughs> but the pig is just has. It's a pig. It's just walking normally. <laughs> Akraya goes, "Um, what did he say is up ahead?" Equine apes. Did I get it right? Yep. You did get it right. I'm going to write that down because I feel like that's an animal that's going to come up again. So I'm going to make a guess and you tell me if I'm right. Mm-hmm. Equine apes are centaurs, but with gorilla heads. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Are they gorillas with horse heads? Yes. Oh, that's so much worse. <laughs> so uh, they are... Um, we know them as Chilicotherum, I think is the is the name. This is a real animal that once existed. Okay. Um, they're called Chilicotherum. I think I think they're called Chilicotherum. Um, they are... Oh, don't worry, audience. I'm looking this up. So they are horse-like animals that um, had... Uh, that walked... They're, they're odd-toed ungulates that had big clawed hands that they kind of walked on their knuckles. Y'all, these are horrifying. Yeah. So uh, they're big horses that um, that have... is not how I would describe this. It does have a horse head. It does have a horse like head. But it's got like sloth arms. Yes. It's the it, head is a horse. The arm is a sloth. They are very literally oh, like a combination between a horse and an ape, and they are herbivores. Uh, the equine apes are herbivores, but um, they are. At least the species around here are very territorial, um, and they travel in herds, and you don't want to get in their way, right? Um, because they have these big claws for for raking uh, trees and like climbing trees to get to leaves. That's their sloth arms. Yeah, um, so they have big muscular arms that end in long, sharp claws. Yep, and so you don't want to mess with them. Mess no. with them. No, you do not. 
Y'all, they're horrifying. <laughs> I I was I've been having a lot of fun looking at paleo art for this campaign. I'm sure you have. I can't look at this anymore, actually. Well, there's a herd of them up ahead. Yeah, well, this is terrifying, so. I would have had experience with this. Would you have? I have animal tracking. I am an animal owner, and I've done this for a long time. Oh, that's true. So. Can you throw a hand axe? Yeah, you can. We we talked about that because it was one of the things I wanted to do. Yep. I think I'm going to try. Okay. I'm going to try to throw my hand axe. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Guys, I don't know. I'm going to try. All right. You want to throw your hand axe? Yeah. The six. That ain't going to do it, though. It's not. It's the problem. No, I did bad. And now I don't have a hand axe. (laughs) You just threw your axe into the trees. And you hear it a loud thunk. So mad at myself right now. (laughs) Because I'm going to get hit again. Let's do a spirit versus spirit check really quick. Gosh, this is terrible. As this Min chorus reaches its third round. What'd you roll? 11. No, 9. Wow, I'm bad at math. <laughs> okay. Uh, you rolled a 9? Yeah. Nope, not quite. Not going to do it still. Who is this Rex most annoyed with right now? I think it's Akraya. I think it knows that that Akraya is the source of the sound mm-hmm. um, because it's like loudest around her. And as she came up into the front area, like the sound got louder. Um, so I think this Rex is going to try to rake at Akraya. And that hits eight damage. Does she have armor? No. She is out of HP. I unloaded a little bit of Osmer's load. Like I basically, I just like took off like either the barrel or the chest or something and let Osmer graze. Osmer's used to walking in the rain. Like we used to do this all the time. Because when you're on a wyvern hunt, you can't be comfortable. And so I think he's just grazing and I'm whittling i guess i don't i I do a thing that i have done before to pass time and it would be something i could do like that like something like whittling or i think sorel goes uh what are you uh what are are you making there osmer you're making osmer yep oh that's can i see and then i think i just show it to sorel uh how how far along is it not very far at all. It's it's just like a stick that I found. Mm-hmm. And right now there's like a tail. <laughs> Sorrel's like, oh, I can see it. I th- Marin laughs. Marin chuckles. She's like, no, no, you can't. Uh, and she hands it back and she goes, no, I, I, I can't. No, that's I, all I've done is the tail. I'm sorry about Akraya last night. It's nothing you need to apologize for. I think she's really upset. I mean, we're both really upset because of what happened to the hive. But um, Akraya, I think, is worried that it's her fault a little bit because she was supposed to. It was her job to have a relationship with the mountain, and then the mountain fell, and it didn't protect us. So I think she's. I don't know. Marin is very uncomfortable. This is very personal and very real. And I think Marin goes, things happen every day that are out of our control. And taking the blame on yourself doesn't help you go to the next day and live on on the next day. And she just keeps whittling. She's very uncomfortable. Yeah. 
I think Sorel like nods, um, and you can see the like the rain is kind of like just like like dripping off the ends of her ears and off her horns, and she goes, um, "Yeah, I think Akraya's gonna learn that eventually." Just, uh, I'm sorry if she's mean sometimes. We both really appreciate what you're doing. We all learn it one way or another. And then she walks away, I think. Yeah, Osmer's doing fine. Uh, he's he's kind of sat down and is kind of leaning on those those heating panels, trying to warm warm his fur up. And I think Akraya is like, why do you think we can trust that family? I don't, but you wanted a bed. A bed would be nice, but it's most important that we stay safe and out of harm's way. So we can camp on the edge of the woods tonight. Would be just as fine by me. I think Marin like leans against the wall and goes, Would that be safe? Would that be fine? Perhaps safer than staying in an unknown person's home. Would it? You have never traveled. D- do you trust him? No. I trust no one. Well, then why then why blame me for not trusting him? I'm not. I'm not. You wanted a bed? I got you a bed. I don't trust him one way or the other, but now I have a bed and omelets in the morning. <laughs> I think Craig just kind of like growls. I think maybe her like kind of throat flares up a little bit. Like the scales on her throat are kind of like flaring up. She's growling. And uh, Sorel's just totally so i was like oh i'm sure it'll be fine and listen it, you saw it. he had a family and two nice little girls i'm sure it'll be fine i'm sure it will be she's like got a smile on her face during this interaction this is fun arguing is fun rude <laughs> just saying arguing is fun so she's got like a little smile on her face why would we go in the why would we go in the den I'll cast Briar No-No, you get the bee to come out, and then the thorns will catch it. So, while Akraya is saying that, Marin's just staring at her. <laughs> just not blinking, just staring. That sounds like a fine plan, Akraya. Unless the bee's not in there, and we need to go in for some reason. I don't understand. Why would we need to go in? I don't know, Akraya. Let me think. And then she like, she's still crouching. So she kind of just like crouches and turns her back to her, like hobbles. Sorry, where were you imagining the two of you were having this conversation? The hole is across the stream, right? Yeah. We did not cross the stream yet. Okay. As the two of you are having this conversation, Mm -hmm. Sorrel has crossed the stream. (sighs) And is approaching the den. (laughs) With her, uh, with her makeshift sword drawn. Okay, cool. So, I'm imagining that we noticed that, right? As I was just telling Akraya, like I don't know why we might need to go in there, right? I look at Akraya, I point to Sorel, and I go, I don't know why might we need to go in there. <laughs> I'm like very exaggerated. I don't know why might we need to. And Akraya looks, follows your pointing, and she goes, Sorel. Don't, what are you doing? And Sorel goes, I'm going to get the bee. And just then, from the den, you hear this. Okay. 
so I look at Akraya and I like hit her and I'm like, go, go. Uh, and I think Sorel is looking at the sound and she like cocks her head. And then suddenly this, I think you, she sees, I think all of you see the head of this huge um, hornet kind of appear from inside this burrow. I'm still hitting Akraya. I'm like, go, go, cast your spell. And uh, Sorel starts running back towards the two of you. And Akraya raises up her staff and utters some magic words in Draconic and swings her staff as the bee is like coming out of the out of the den. And as it's as it's coming out, these these huge thorny vines kind of spring up from in between the rocks and kind of entangle the bee. And it is it's trapped in these uh, vines for a moment. Five. All right. So that's going to do it as the bee is kind of tangling with Marin and it's it's stinger. It's like trying to get its stinger back into like, uh, you know how like a wasp will like hang on to its prey and like just try and sting it over and over and over again. Yes, unfortunately, I do know what that's like. Yeah, it's trying to get you. And Sorel scrambles up onto this boulder and does a leaping 300 style uh, attack on the on the bee's back. Call back, call back 300. <laughs> I should watch that movie. It was I I it's been a while. I no one needs to ever watch 300 again. That, it's a half naked Ben. Yes. That movie did not age well. Have you watched it recently? I'm no, sure it didn't age well. But I'm sure it didn't age well. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Just based on memory alone, that movie did it definitely yeah, didn't. I'm, sure I'm it did. not a big Frank Miller fan. I don't think that movie aged well. I don't think so either, but I'm, I'm, I don't know what it's... I can't remember, and so now I want to watch it. I was going to ask if that movie had... So, I was going to ask if that movie had a feminine gaze, but it definitely does not. But it does have a lot of half-naked men, but it feels more like a masculine power fantasy half-naked men yeah. than a feminine gaze half-naked men. Yeah. 300. 300. So, um, <laughs> Sorrel brings her sword down, uh, crunches into that carapace, like right on the back of its thorax in between the wings. Can't you just say it's back, the middle of its body? Why do you gotta use like real terms? It makes it gross. You hear this, and like greenish goo spills out Ew. as Sorrel and the bee tumble into the creek. And the bee is lying in the creek and its legs are, are twitching and its mandibles are still kind of moving, but it's it's definitely done for. Its arms are... I have two comments. Yeah. One, PSA, don't kill bees. Don't kill bees. Don't kill bees, PSA. Two, there will be no shutting Sorel up. There will be no shutting Sorel up. Sorel will be like, well, I saved you. And that's going to be terrible. Uh, I, I actually, I think Sorrel notices you climbing, uh, climbing out. She goes, Marin, 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 did you see? Did you see what I did? Did you see how great I was and strong and powerful? I did. And our journey is not over. You will need to be strong and powerful yet again. We got to get this honey. So you're going to have to crawl in that hole at some point. Ah, uh, yes. Retrieving the spoils of our victory. Yeah, we're going to go back to the farmhouse, grab some jars. You're going to crawl in that hole and get me some honey. Very well. <laughs> Marin rolls her eyes. Because she played along for as much as her patience would let her play along. 
So she rolls her eyes and she just starts walking back to the farm. Uh, I think Akraya is like, what should we do with the bee? Leave it? We just leave it here? What are we going to do with the bee? Doesn't, could it have useful parts to it? How are we going to bring it back right now? It's just the three of us. The three of us could carry this bee. We're not taking the bee. And then she starts walking. She continues walking. She never stopped walking, actually. She just continued walking. Akraya runs up beside you, and she's like, I have to admit, I find that your methods uh, seem very wasteful, Marin. I expected a little bit more respect from the great wyvern slayer. Respect for what? For the world around, for the things that you slay. I'm leaving this bee. Other animals will eat it. Other creatures will get their nourishment from it. And my job isn't to be respectful. It's to murder. And to get you to that mountain safely. I just thought that there would be some nobility in your skill set. And I thought I would be on my farm, farming. The world is full of disappointment. (laughs) Anyone telling you different is trying to sell you something. I think Akraya stops and turns and she goes, Sorrel, come on, we have to keep up. And Sorrel rushes to catch up with the two of you. And she's still swinging her sword about. Of course she is. She goes, mayhaps I will call my sword Bee Slayer. And that will be its name, or the Bee Stinger, or the Sting of the Wasp, or, um, hmm, uh, Carapace Cruncher. And the three of you make your way uh, through the forest back to the back to the farm. I'm at the ready. Like I look like I'm gonna fight somebody, but I'm not swinging yet because nothing's coming at me. Mm-hmm. I think you hear this voice that goes on. Marin Ghost, what a pleasure to have you here. If she wasn't at the ready before, she's super at the ready now. I think she spins in a circle looking for the voice, the Mm -hmm. source of the voice. Mm -hmm. And you don't see anyone. There is no one around. And this voice kind of seems like it's like coming up from the silks. Now, now, I don't want to be struck by your mighty blade, Marin. I'm a fan and um, I think as you look down at like where the source of this voice is, you see that there's this silk that you're standing over, this silk-like tapestry that has writing on it. And you notice that your name in the writing. And it's going along and at the top of the tapestry, you see like your encounter with the bee. And it's written in like all this very like purple poetic prose that you like encountered this this chitinous monster and that you slew it with your mighty blade, decapitating it in one fell blade swing. And then it says that as you extricated the venom from the beast, you were stung. And the writing continues down the tapestry, but you can't read it. It like doesn't make any sense to you anymore. Uh, The letters feel scrambled. They feel like blurry. And um, the voice goes, you are lucky that in some ways the realm of toxins fall within my domain. Not quite, but I have some sway, some relationships with the Pega who would 
poison your body. I just wanted you to know, Marin, that I am watching you, and I will have an eye on you. I think this is the only time... I don't think Marin would even try to speak outside of this, but I think she asks, like, scared. This is the first time you hear her, like, scared. And and I think she goes, is, is that a threat? No. No, oh my. No, Marin. Not a threat. A reassurance. A promise. That if you need me, I will be there for you. You have stood on your own for quite a while. And now you have people who are depending on you once again. You are going to get yourself hurt if you don't acknowledge that your stories are not always your own. That is not a threat. That is advice. And then I think you come to. And Akreya is standing over you. Y'all are walking, and uh, Akreya goes, Marin, Sorel's missing. Oh, God. Um, I was not expecting that. Okay. Uh, Marin's reaction might genuinely be that, oh, God. But lower toned. Immediately snaps around. Immediately snaps around. And, like, barks very loudly. What do you mean she's gone? Uh, and I think you look around and Sorel is not on the road with the, the three of you. Um, and she is, she is not with you. And Akraya goes, I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't watching her and she's just disappeared. And you see Marin. It couldn't have been that long ago. You see Marin take this deep breath and shakily breathe it out. She even does like the hand motions. Like she's visibly angrily pushing away her anger and breathing out her breath and going when did you last see her or hear her only like uh 10 15 minutes ago i i didn't even notice that i she stopped complaining i just stop talking stop talking stop talking please stop talking and then Marin is going to use her animal tracking <laughs> to track this monster that uh, Sorrel has turned into. Now, I know I have to use topography, mm-hmm. but I feel like I know Sorrel fairly well. Like, so my plan is to walk back the way that we came looking for her tracks on either side of the road. Okay. I think you see Marin like take a deep breath and just like in the smallest little ways, you see her like kind of shake herself a little. And she walks up to the priest and she goes, what, what's made you have a long face? He kind of shakes his head, uh, sorry? I just see you sighing over here and was wondering what caused your long face. Akreya and Sorel are staring at you. And I think Akri goes, Marin, what is wrong with you? I ignore her completely. Oh, um, uh, nothing. Um, do you have a, uh, an, an, uh, a flag for Bedathu? 
I sure do, but I'm really worried about you. Is there anything I can do to help? Has Marin ever pulled this grandma card before? No, never. Okay. You're going to have to roll me <laughs> a spirit plus spirit check. Okay. <laughs> and did you ask, is there anything I can do to help? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a seven. I should have given you a number beforehand, but... <laughs> Akraya and Sorrel are staring at you like you are... <laughs> like you are possessed. Um, but this... This young man is just kind of like, oh, um, no, uh, I'm, I'm fine. Um, mine is just, just elsewhere. Uh, would you like me to, to take your offering? And she kind of like leans in close and the offering is in her hand and she kind of puts her hands on her hips and she goes, you know, if you're tired, I've got a really good elixir. Helps me put me right out. At night, you'd almost think I was dead. I was sleeping so good. If you want, I can bring you some. I am so... (laughs) You just seem tired. I just thought I would help. So yeah, you you kick the door and you hear a crack as the lock kind of cracks against the door. And it swings open. And inside is a one-room cabin. Um, kind of similar to, I think, yours. Uh, or rather, no, your farmhouse was, you had a couple we, of rooms. We had a room that we were sharing. Okay. So, uh, uh, it's like this one room cabin. And, um, in one corner is the, the bed where, uh, Aurelis is. And he bolts up in his bed and, uh, starts shouting. <laughs> Fair. Um, and I yell, tell me what you know about the recent attacks. But I say it more clearly and straightforwardly. <laughs> it's a great plan. This is a wonderful plan. I don't, what, uh, what, who are you? You don't need to worry about who we are. Answer the question. What do you know about the recent attacks? Sorrel runs in and jumps on the bed with her sword drawn and she goes, tell us what you know. What do you know? He goes, I don't, I don't know what you're talking, what are you, what is going on? And he's got his hands up and he's just like freaking out. Marin, this is such a bad plan. Marin, um, this is a very sound plan. I think Diana got my characters a little mixed up here. And this is very much a constant sound I'm plan. I'm just not quite sure. I'm very curious as to what Diana thinks is going on in the oh, town. Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. None whatsoever, which is why I'm... I'm like clinging to this weird kid who's like just doesn't want his job. That's pretty much what I think is happening. He doesn't want his job, mm-hmm. but I suspect him of foul play. Okay. And witchery. Okay. Um, so I take a step forward. Marin takes a step forward and goes. So, like, I, in my head, when I take a step forward, I'm illuminated by the moon a little bit so he can kind of see who I am a little bit mm-hmm. more. Um, and I go. Tell us what you know about the recent attacks. Are, are you are you the nice old lady from t- earlier today? Answer the question. What what what's the question? I'm sorry, I don't know what's happening. What do you know about the recent attacks? Uh, the the witch pine gatherers, the foragers, have been getting attacked in the woods. That's all. Like it's just what everyone knows. What do you have to do with it? 
nothing, I don't think. Then why, why are you behaving so weirdly? Not now, obviously. I know why now. I don't know what you... Listen, I... Your behavior was very suspicious. I think you're confused. And a skein? Yeah, like a skein is like... Well, shit, now I'm worried that I'm just I'm misusing a word. A skein is like, um, you know when you uh, warm milk and a, a film forms at the top? That's yeah. like a skein. Am I making that up? Am I wrong? I, You are the only person I've ever heard use the word skein, and you use it with moleskein, like the notebooks. Nope. A skein is a length of thread or yarn loosely called a knotted. I guess I just meant a skin. <laughs> well, we're learning things today. <laughs> Zach tried to use vocabulary. It was a critical failure. <laughs> you used a word that exists. I used it wrong. But you used a word that exists. That doesn't matter. I thought you were making up skein. So it wasn't a critical failure. I thought you were making it up. Anyway, it's like a uh, like a film almost like a like a uh, rough like they have rough patches of like brown. You know, when you look at a mushroom. Yeah. Like when you see a mushroom. (laughs) Um, And one is lumbering in the doorway and Aurelis from his bed where he has not left since you bust down his door and he just kind of started crying in fear, screams, what is that? And Sorel screams, hmm, what, do, what does Sorel shout? Um, does Aaron start attacking it? Because I feel like that's really valid. Um, but while you're thinking of that, do mm-hmm. you remember if I brandished my monk's spade? I feel like Yes. But I know that I made a specific point of entering his house with my hand axe. But I feel like this was not a part of my extensive notes that just say combat mushroom people. I think when you saw the, I think you did. I brandished it. I, yes? Yeah, I think you did pull out your And that's a fancy spade. word. Romance novels taught me. Brandished. Sorry? What, what's Is the it word? not brandished? Brand? There, there's an R. There's a D. Brandish. Brandished. 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 I pulled out my monk spade crescent side up, which is my favorite side now. Why? It's good for lobbing off necks. Remember when I tried to give your character a Biden and you yeah, said no, and now you Bidens are stupid, but crescents, <laughs> crescents are where it's at. I see. Because I, I, I don't like a like a woven basket of grass. With maybe sap on the inside to contain the honey. Zachary, I don't the know. The sap would mix with the honey. It's a terrible idea. Well, I feel like if you baked it in the sun, would it not turn into like a glue? Or, but then you're or, getting or a, glue in the honey. Okay, so what? then like a mud? I don't know. Plants produce wax. Plants <laughs> produce a natural wax. Why wouldn't you just go with wax? Okay. Doing not. Okay, Zachary, I grew up in this city. I don't know anything about plants. You still took a high school science class. No. No. I mean, yes, I did, but no, I don't. You, no. I have a master's degree in talking to people. I don't remember science. What are you talking about? Psychology is a science. I I mean, a hard science. I mean, a hard life science. Psychology is also a hard science. I mean, a hard life science. I'm being very specific about what I'm talking about. I don't know biology. How about more specific? I don't know biology. I don't know it. All right. So I really like your idea. Of a plant, some sort of plant-based plant container that I, you know, like I, because I whittled. We've talked about how 
Marin mm-hmm. whittles. Mm-hmm. I feel like perhaps maybe she even whittled some things along the road while bored. I don't know. Or w- wove something with some leaves. Okay. I really like that. And in fact, I'm going to give you a wonder point for it. Yay. Which we haven't mentioned in many episodes. Because I don't remember what to do with the leaves. Mm, okay. Um, so I, I picture the bandana around their hair, but we had a friend in college who wore a bandana and he, and our friend would sometimes wear it around their weight, their wrist mm. or sometimes around their leg. Mm-hmm. I've also pictured the bandana being worn that way. Okay. Um, Marin, your eyes fall shut and suddenly you feel the heat of the sun on your face and your eyes open and you are kneeling in the shrubs beneath a tree by a vast uh, savanna of tall gold grass and Priya has her hand on your shoulder and you can see her bright red bandana um, wrapped around her wrist and she's uh, looking at you with uh, her bright green eyes. And behind her stands um, Orlance, uh, your teen's mage, and Satis, your archer. And behind you is a young and spry Osmer um, with, with your, your stuff on his pack. Under a under a makeshift like lean-to tent, Priya says, "Merit, I asked if you're ready." so much for joining us we hope you really enjoyed this episode Ryutama was designed by Atsuhiro Okada and translated into English by Matt Sanchez and Andy Kitkowski you can find more at kotohi.com we want to thank Zach B our editor and producer if you didn't hear me like make a lot of yelling noises or an hour long tirade about recording late at night and how terrible it is thank you Zach B we also want to thank In Love with a Ghost for the use of their song Chilling at Nemu's Place off of the album Healing. You can find In Love with a Ghost at inlovewithaghost.bandcamp.com. Please make sure to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It means a lot to us and it helps other people to find us. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HeartPointsPod. Please follow us and join us for discussion about RPGs and podcasts. And make sure to share us with everyone you know, especially your RPG-loving friends. Speaking of those RPG-loving friends, thank you so much to our patrons whose support keeps this show going. If you would like to become a patron of the show, you can find us at patreon.com forward slash hardpointspod. You can directly support the show and help us to maintain it and better it every week while getting some cool rewards like access to our patron-only Discord, a monthly bonus pod, and other great things. Every dollar makes a huge difference. 
yeah, I just want to reiterate um, our Patreon backers have access to a Patreon-only Discord where we talk about games and the cool stuff happening in the gaming space. Uh, we organize a monthly game every month. Uh, we also now have merch at redbubble.com forward slash heartpointspod, I believe is the address, but we will link that in the show notes. And I just want to say thank you again to all of our patrons for your support. It means the world to us and it uh, allows us to keep doing this. And thank all of you for joining us in our adventure today. We hope that as you return back to the real world, that you continue to have a very nice day. But like a very, very nice one. one.